My name is Penny Dreadful. The great house on top of Widow's Hill is a dark and frightening place to end a journey. The ghosts of yesterday seem to tell me to run, but I am here now, and there's no turning back from the terror at Collinwood. Careful, my friend, where you tread, for I warn you now, there are spoilers ahead. Welcome to Terror at Collinwood. Tis I, Penny Dreadful, and I am now leaving the body of Danielle Galerter, and I am joined by Rachel Pulliam, who is the creator of the audio drama company Soul Twin Audios. She is an actress, writer, and producer, and also hosts the show Dark Paradise, which examines both dark shadows and strange paradise. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. Well, a while back you uh, played a uh, my promo on your show. You asked for a promo and that was very nice of you to do. And then you sent me one, I asked you to send me one later and we we traded promos, uh, which was was fun. And at one point I was, we were talking before the show, you tagged me on a post and said you one of your voiceover goals was to be a guest on Terror at Collinwood. So here we are. Sorry, it took so long. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Oh, my, it's my pleasure to to have you here. And uh, and with that in mind, there are, I, I think I've promised guest appearances to about a dozen people now at this point who are still waiting. I've been doing the show now for two years. And um, over the years, it's like I've, I've come across several people that are like, oh, I'd love to have them on or et cetera. But it, sometimes it just takes a little while as, as things happen. But I'm glad we could finally do this here uh, because I really enjoy your uh, podcast, Dark Paradise, which covers both Dark Shadows and Strange Paradise. And I'd love to talk a little bit about your show. But before we get to, um, to that, uh, tell me a little bit about your own um, interest in Dark Shadows. I, I see you, you, you're a fan of the the gothic uh, and the gothic mm -hmm. ingenue. I, you talk a lot about uh, about that, which we're going to talk about a bit about Victoria Winters today. Uh, but I'd love to know how you got into Dark Shadows, uh, if you would. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm wearing a Dark Shadows t-shirt, but nobody can probably see it, unfortunately, because <laughs> of the camera angle. But um, I got into Dark Shadows back when I was in middle school. It was kind of a fluke thing. Um, it was a snow day, so I was off. And I was just flipping through the channels and I came across the sci-fi channel. And I'll never forget it. I, I think I was about maybe 13 or 14 years old. And here's this lady, blonde hair in a green dress from a different time period with a voodoo doll. And I was just transfixed. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? And then all of a sudden, you know, as the episode continued, you know, uh, Barnabas starts choking and all this other stuff and I'm watching and I think my mom even came downstairs and told me she's like oh you're watching Dark Shadows and I'm like what is that and she wasn't really an avid fan so it was just kind of like a I found it by accident one day on a snow day so that's just kind of cool like that now this was you said a sci-fi show yeah so this was probably back in 1992 1993 mm-hmm Okay. 
And so you got into, now, did you get into Dark Shadows before you got into Strange Paradise? I did. Yes. Okay. So how did, how did Strange Paradise come into this? The funny thing is, I think I discovered, or at least the name of it, in a dark, in a dark shadows book, maybe the um, maybe the almanac. It was just a footnote, just mm -hmm. like here are other things or other films based on, or similar to Dark Shadows, and it was like this other gothic soap opera, but in Canada, and uh, I didn't actually get to watch it until years later. I somehow stumbled upon it again, and there was a website selling, um episodes of it which is kind of they shouldn't have done that but you know how else are we going to see it um unlike mpi that puts out dark shadows strange paradise wasn't offered the same opportunity um but um yeah i stumbled across it probably back in i want to say maybe 2008 and then i joined a yahoo group at the time there was a yahoo group and there was probably you know, a handful of people that contributed to that. And uh, that's kind of how I started getting into it. I bought one of the volumes and then on the, on the Yahoo group, I made friends. Unfortunately, I lost touch with him, but he was from Canada and he had all the episodes and he just mailed them to me. Wow. Cool. That's yeah. nice. That's yeah. the great thing about fandom is that there people help each other out like that. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to, to hear a defense a bit of strange paradise because um my own history with with that show i mean i haven't watched all of it i've watched a, uh quite a, i watched a bit a chunk of it um my uncle told me about my uncle val valdemar who i've mentioned on the show a number of times he was a huge dark shadows fan and he also watched strange paradise when that came on because it was it had a similar vibe to dark shadows and he he was a big horror fan and he got into strange paradise for a little while there uh and it was because uh, it was syndicated it must in this neck of the woods it, it must have been like 69 mm -hmm. around that time and he watched he did watch it and used to tell me about it. he said oh there was this other show strange paradise that was similar to dark shadows except it was like voodoo and stuff mm -hmm. and i said oh that sounds pretty cool um, but I could never find it. Like you said, it was it was hard to find Strange Paradise. It wasn't easily or readily available. And then um, I met Steve Shutt on the Dark mm -hmm. Shadows in the Dark Shadows fandom, and um, he's he's a friend. He's been on my podcast as well several times, and on yours too. And he uh, we met up. My late husband and I met him up in Salem, and he brought a VHS tape for me of strange paradise episode he put a bunch of episodes on a tape so i finally got to watch strange paradise and i really enjoyed it especially raxel i really loved because oh, yeah Lee's she's, raxel. she's great which is why i want to discuss her along with angelique yeah all good i yeah. think that's probably the closest comparison you've got absolutely that's a great that'll be a great uh comparison between those two characters for sure mm -hmm. um and um you know, I enjoyed it. It has its, it, you can see this, there are some, certainly it was definitely inspired by the success of Dark Shadows. Mm -hmm. um, and it was some of the Dark Shadows uh, alumni are, went to Strange Paradise, Robert Costello, producer Robert Costello, uh, writer Ron Sprout, uh, Joel Caldwell, I think wrote mm -hmm. a couple episodes there. Right. So, um, so there are some Dark Shadows uh, uh, alumni involved. And um it's often dismissed as a, as a knockoff of Dark Shadows and kind of people kind of look like, oh, it's that knockoff version of Dark Shadows. 
but it, it, I feel it, it has its own identity. It, it definitely stands on its own. It has its own vibe and it's spooky and, and cool. So what is it about Strange Paradise that you think is worth checking out for fans maybe who haven't seen it? Well, I mean, first of all, going back into Dark Shadows, it, it borrows heavily from Gothic literature. Yeah. And similarly... I guess you could argue that Strange Paradise does the same thing a little bit, but it still does its own thing. Uh, since both of them are in the Gothic vein, there is going to be some overlap, obviously. But uh, the thing that I really loved was the actor Colin Fox. And I guess you yeah. could compare him easily to Barnabas Collins, which is, you know, what I, uh, Jonathan Fred, which is what I did in my first episode of Dark Paradise. But, um, He's just so wonderful as this dual character of Jacques-Elmois de Mons. And he, he uh, both uh, Colin Fox and uh, Cosette Lee really keep you intrigued and interested in Strange Paradise. And as far as plot goes, you know, it, it takes place on Maljardin, this island, or it begins on Maljardin. And I, I thought that that was really different because it's it's not... You know the typical New England setting, like Dark Shadows, and then of course, you know when Robert Costello took over, they wanted—I guess they hired him because they wanted to make it more like Dark Shadows. So they they moved it from the island to uh, some unknown location in New England. But yeah, I I really loved the you know the the whole voodoo vibe and the the the, the opening theme with the drums and. You know, the, the the silent, gentle zombie character of Kito, which you don't have in Dark Shadows. Um, I always compare him to Tor Johnson. Yes. Oh, kind of looks like yeah. Tor Johnson. He does. Yeah. I'm sure that was intentional, too. They must. It have. probably was. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you can find uh, Strange Paradise uh, episodes on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. If you know where to look, uh, so you can right. find them on there. Um, yeah. I, is there, how many episodes are there total? Do you know? 195. I believe there was a lost one. Whether or not the lost one actually has turned up on YouTube, I'm not sure. You could also check out Bizarre Elysium, Unsold Twin <laughs> Audios. Uh, yeah. I've uh, just uploaded episode 23 in Great. black and white. If people, you know, want to end up checking that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, it will lead you in the right uh, direction. We'll put, right. <laughs> so. Is there a reason that the show maybe hasn't uh, attained? It has its own following. It def mm -hmm. There are big fans of it. Do you think that um, it, there's a reason why it hasn't hit more uh, kind of a mainstream audience um is it because just because it was a canadian only show or is it just uh people are less aware of it because of that or i think part of it is because it it did only last 195 episodes mm -hmm. so it and it just it and i think also because it only had maybe a few channels it only appeared in america on a few limited run Right. Uh, I know that there was one channel that was actually running it back to back with Dark Shadows. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really awesome. But also, I think, you know, the Dark Shadows fan base maybe hurt it a little because, yeah, they are comparing it to um, 
dark shadows and so they you know the fact that they're dismissive of it but i mean i it's 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 hard to uh it's it's hard to be able to say that it's completely faded away but i have to say that if the copyright holders had given it the opportunity to actually have um a run on mpi because mpi did approach them and say hey we want to give it the dark shadows treatment but they said no oh that's that's a shame yeah they said i don't know how long ago that was but Mm -hmm. had they been able had mpi been able to distribute it like dark shadows i believe it would have had the following that it deserves yeah was this canadian broadcasting company that that put Uh, it out or uh, Krantz, I think. Krantz. I, a... I, I don't know who owns it now. Gosh, that's a shame. I'm not sure. That Starts they with would... an M. Okay. An, an I, can't, I can't think of the name of the company off the top of my head. Yeah, that's a shame that MPI uh, kind of, that they did turn down MPI. Gosh, that, that yeah, would have I mean, been they perfect. Just, I guess they weren't offering them enough money. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, the company that holds the copyright, they're not doing anything with the show. It's just sitting, you know, around somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in a way, I'm kind of glad that it is obscure because I feel safe in creating my little fan fiction audios mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm going to get bothered or, you know, you know, a C and a C and D slapped on me or anything like that because nobody cares. Right. Right. Well, Except I mean, me. well, no, yeah. and your, and your listeners surely. It, so yeah. Um, but that's a great segue because I'd love to talk about your podcast or your show, um, uh, Dark Paradise, and also your Soul Twin Audios and the and the uh, uh, you know plays the audio plays that you you've been putting out. So can you t- talk to us a little bit about Soul Twin Audios and your uh, podcast, Dark Paradise? Sure. Um, so I I started uh, Soul Twin Audios back in August of twenty twenty one. Um, I actually had other, um, podcasts several years back, but I just, I came up with this name finally, and it's, it's just stuck. So, but my podcast, my, my tagline, as it were, stories created solely with the vintage soul in mind. And I like to create, um, things with a vintagey old-timey kind of vibe so I do my old-time radio recreations of suspense we just recently uh we just recently released sorry wrong number oh great which, yeah which I thought would I thought came out fantastic Julia Hoverson starred in that um and she's worked with me in the past she's got her nocturne boulevard site um and Oh gosh, other things that we've done in more of like the gothic vein, because uh, I I kind of I take Dark Shadows as inspiration to figure out some of the shows I want to do or recreate. Uh, so we've done Weathering Heights, Jane Eyre, and The Lottery. Oh which great! Yeah. I oh and Turn of the Screw, which is one I I adapted myself from the novella by Henry James. Uh, which is really good. Um, so there is that part of Soul Twin Audios. Um, I also have my Dark Paradise series that I really wanted to do a podcast about Dark Shadows, but 
considering that there are several other podcasts out there, including your wonderful podcast and Between the Shadows and Residents of Collinwood, I'm like, how am I going to make mine a little bit different? So that's when I decided, hey, I want to talk about Strange Paradise too and maybe make those connections between Dark Shadows and Strange Paradise and hopefully maybe build a fan base a little bit of Strange Paradise fans. Uh, But my first episode... Of Dark Paradise, I talked a little bit about Jean Paul Desmond, the hero of, or hero anti-hero of Strange Paradise, and of course Barnabas Collins, and then um, the second episode, I had you on the show. Yes. Oh yeah. gosh, and we talked about just all kinds of stuff regarding Dark Shadows, but um, and I, as I mentioned uh, to you previously. I'm still working on getting my um, fourth episode. Now it'll be the fourth episode produced of talking of where I talk about Angelique and Raxel. And you're doing, a, and you mentioned um, a uh, crossover too. You're doing a fiction crossover. You're yes, doing Strange yes, Paradise um, and Dark Shadows. Yeah. Yes, I call it Cursed Dwellings. Mm-hmm. And I'm also working on another thing. I want to do Creepy Pasta, but we can get to that in, a, in a, another minute or two. But Cursed Dwellings. I, I really wanted to create a storyline and for me that that talked about Victoria Winter's parentage. Yeah, now I know we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but yeah, cursed dwellings. So the protagonist is Betty Hanscom, and it's all about her past, but I also tie it into Strange Paradise. So this is like an alternative reality parallel time kind of universe. Mm-hmm. where strange paradise and dark shadows get to meet. Awesome. Uh, and is this all available on your YouTube channel? Yes. And also on Anchor uh, and um, probably Apple. When I upload it to Anchor, it goes to other platforms automatically. So would people just, would they look up um, Soul, Soul Twin Audios? This is how they would find it? Yes. S-O-L-E Twin yes. Audios, and you can find uh, all of this great content uh, that Rachel has been producing. And um, you know, the, the quality of your productions is really fantastic. Like the audio quality is very, you can tell you have a lot of experience uh, doing this with voiceover and editing. And, the, and the, it just it sounds very, very crisp and clear and, and ver- very slick. Now, you mentioned, well, let's for creepy pasta. I want to throw that out there too, because I only found out a few years ago what creepy pasta was. I was I heard it was like, what is this? Is this like a spooky Italian restaurant? Like, what is creepy pasta? You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. So I, I looked it up, and it's people reading, um, like telling scary stories mm-hmm. on online, right, on audio, on like YouTube and stuff. So can you talk about creepy pastas and what your interest is in that? You know, I have to say, I'm not even a hundred percent certain I understand what it is. <laughs> It's just for me and putting it into the Dark Shadows universe and with audio drama, I think they just have like a single narrator, like you, you like you said, reading a story, mm-hmm. usually somebody that can perform and read all the voices. But I uh, actually am going with, you know, a narrator. I'm going to do this like creepy obituary writer type character. Oh, and cool. I cast this guy. I I still need to like finish everything up for that, but I've got some of that temporarily on hold while I, while I finish up my old time radio stuff, but he's just phenomenal. Ray O'Hare 
and he uh he's my obituary writer and he does the um I don't want to give away the plot just yet but my first story is going to involve Court Desmond in Strange Paradise and Carolyn Stoddard oh. so it's as, as, it's as if trying to speak now it's as if they met in college and okay. um it's going to be about what happens to them before again i can't give it away but yeah. it's 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 going to be good awesome and this is also will be under the soul twin audios yes banner. Uh, okay. actually i i have that uh so i've got dark paradise um as kind of a separate thing but it's again all under the same banner so there's Dark Paradise Retrospection, which where I talk about the two soap operas. And then I've got Cursed Dwellings, the Dark Paradise Saga, where I make, where I mingle Dark Shadows and Strange Paradise. And then, you know, with the with the fan fiction of Betty Hanscom and and uh, her involvement with the Collins family and all of that. Um, and also, again, this Faceless Terrors which is dark paradise creepy pasta. Wow, a lot of great a lot of great content uh, uh that will be available there uh, uh on Soul Twin Audios and I'm glad you also mentioned Between the Shadows and uh Resident of Collinwood who are also producing great content. So there's so much really cool content connected to Dark Shadows that um, I certainly would encourage fans to check out because there's a lot uh, that to enjoy out there, plus past episodes of the Collinsport Historical Society podcast, which are still available uh, if you haven't heard that. So uh, it was a Wallace McBride and Patrick McRae. So there's a lot of a lot of really cool stuff out there. And uh, Rachel's Constant. I always see you posting new, new stuff. So that's really great. Um, so you mentioned... You mentioned Victoria Winter's parentage, yes. and that's one of the things I want to talk with you about today. Uh, you just posted an episode recently about Shadows on the Wall, which mm -hmm. is, of course, the uh, Art Wallace um, story Bible. There we, there we are. We both have oh, it. Oh, we have a copy. Yeah. <laughs> hundred bucks. How much was yours? Oh, God, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while, but it's been, it, was, it was not cheap. I had a version when it first came out that I bought back in the day and then I sold it and then I rebought it. And I, when I rebought it, I paid a lot more for it than I oh, did yeah. the first time. Cause it was out of print by then, but I did, I did have it before and I picked it up again, but it's uh, this is Art Wallace's story Bible for dark shadows. And we, I often talk about Dan Curtin, but um, I don't talk enough about Art Wallace, who was an extremely key and important figure in the history of dark shadows Art Wallace wrote the story Bible for Dark Shadows. He wrote these first several months of episodes. And then uh, I think there was the first eight weeks he wrote on his own. And then he brought, uh, Francis Swan was brought in and he co-wrote like another like nine weeks or something with Francis Swan. So he, he was an integral part of Dark Shadows. And of course, Dan Curtis had the famous dream about the girl on the train arriving at, at, uh, at the house, uh, which is very Jane Eyre. Uh, you know, Jane Eyre is sort of the archetype for this, you know, orphaned girl in search of answers who arrives at this brooding mansion, you know, and but Art Wallace really um, developed these characters and this world in his Shadows on the Wall Bible. And subsequently, things changed. Obviously, you know, we went into the supernatural and things in the Bible that Art Wallace wrote, some of them didn't come to fruition. Some did like Roger and originally was supposed to die mm -hmm. he doesn't die and in, uh, in the show thankfully we 
kept Louis Edmonds on for the for the rest right. of Dark Shadows. How sad would that have been if we had lost poor Louis Edmonds? He, yeah. he was so great. Um, but it was definitely a, an important template. He was pulling from his own script for uh, the uh, was it play Playhouse Goodyear Playhouse. I think and, it was uh, the Web. Was it the Web? I think it was the Web. Uh, actually, oh. there were two different versions of this. I think. Okay. Okay. Because so, I remember like, Goodyear had it on the Web, and he also had it on Playhouse ninety. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Goodyear Playhouse. It was in the fifties. It was like fifty-seven, I think, and it yeah, was like a, a very you know he pulled a lot of ideas from that and repurposed them uh, for Dark Shadows, and there were elements also of the Uninvited, um, uh, the, the movie, but um, he fleshed out the character of Victoria Winters in, in this Bible and uh, Sheila March, she was originally called, going to be called. Um, she's, she arrives at Collinwood. Um, she's, she's in the Hammond Foundling home. She gets a, starts getting an envelope every month with $50. Uh, she's an orphan. When she was left at the Foundling home, there was a, a note that says her name is Victoria. I cannot take care of her. And so she, in the postmarked in Bangor, Maine. So she shows up and she's looking for answers about her parentage, which sadly, as Dark Shadows fans know, this was never resolved. And Victoria is cut from the same cloth as Jane Eyre and all of these uh, gothic ingenues, which I know you're a big fan of. The uh, I noticed when you, you talk a lot about this sort of the gothic ingenue and uh, it's kind of your jam, I noticed. So I'd love to hear about your interest in Victoria Winters as a character, but also your thoughts on what her parentage is, as Art Wallace laid out in his story Bible. And I'm going to offer some other alternatives as as things progressed with Alexander Moltke, et cetera, because there, there are other theories as well, because this was never answered. This is all speculation. Right. And I know people point, oh, Return to Collinwood definitively answered it. That I to me, return to Collinwood is not definitive. Can't not there yeah. unless it happened in the show. I I, I can't. You can't, it's all speculation. I, right. I I know what they were planning to do or they were thinking of doing, and it was they were going to deviate from what was in the story bible. But it is a legitimate theory. I, it's, Art Wallace is, came up with it. Uh, so tell us what you think about all this. Oh gosh, where do I start? I just. So for, for me, Victoria Winters, people, a lot of fans like to think that she's just stupid. Even Alexandra no. Moltke didn't really enjoy playing her because she was too nice. And sometimes she appeared like she didn't have a clue. But I don't believe she started out that way. I mean, she shows up. She's very inquisitive. She's there with a goal. She wants to find out her past. And... Even though a couple of times she's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to go. I've had it. This kid doesn't like me. I'm just going to give up. But then Carolyn, of course, talks her out of it. But I mean, Victoria is just, she's not, she's not an idiot. But unfortunately, I think as her character progressed and the, and, and the plots got more involved with Barnabas Collins, they just they they shifted from making her the protagonist to making Barnabas and other supernatural characters the protagonist. And so uh, I, I just I'm disappointed that she got such a such a bad break. 
Yeah. She was very intrepid. She was really trying with David and mm -hmm. exploring all that. Um, that the catchphrase for Victoria is "I don't understand." I don't understand. You know? Yeah. Uh, what she does say a lot, but it isn't she. That isn't all Victoria Winters is, and I think like all of the other, you know, human characters, the family members, etc. They right. kind of all went to the background and became victims as the mm -hmm. kind of the monsters, especially led by Barnabas. You know, as the supernatural and uh, eccentric. You know, you know, the mad scientist-esque Julia and Barnabas and Angelique and Quentin all kind of took the center stage here. The, the um, characters like Victoria kind of became more victim-type victim, victim -type right. characters. But um, she was the protagonist of the, mm -hmm. of the series for a very long time. I know you, you agree with Art Wallace's mm -hmm. sort of uh, description of what her parentage was going to be. So can you talk about that a little bit and why you side okay. with that so version? So fans, of course, most of the fans know by now what direction Art Wallace was going to take it. Victoria was supposed to be the daughter of Paul Stoddard. And he was going to have some, you know, he had an affair. We don't know with who, but I like how in the book, in Art Wallace's book, he talks about how Victoria confronts Liz and finally gets Liz to explain to her, at least in part, who she was. You know, she And she states, at least in his book, Paul is your father, um, but I don't know who your mother was. Um, and I like to believe that because people argue about this point all the time about their reasoning behind thinking that Liz is Vicky's mom. I like to believe that Liz is a little bit classier than just putting her daughter up in some foundling home to be just abandoned, even though she was giving she was giving her money, although yeah, I think she was the one giving the money, although I think I think in the book, I think it, it was mentioned that Paul possibly gave the money and that handwriting, the handwriting was Paul's on the on the envelope that she discovered in the um the locked room when David had locked her in a room. I think she she found some of his handwriting or something on a, on an envelope or something. Um so so you you're Sticking with Paul as as the father. I'm sticking with Paul Stoddard, and I like to believe that Betty Hanscom is Vicky's mom, okay. because in I want to say episode sixty, and fans will just call this a red herring, but she discovers the portrait of Betty Hanscom, yeah. and as everyone knows, that's actually Alexander Mulkey that sat in for that portrait. Um, and they just kind of dismiss it. Oh, that's her. That was her sister or that was a cousin or some other relation. But I mean, for me, it was just kind of cut and dry. I mean, that was Vicky's Vicky's mom to me. Now, again, and I think in the same episode, Sam Evans tells Victoria that that couldn't have been her mom because Betty Hanscom died like in... I want to say like two or three years before Victoria was supposedly born. But my defense, again, is Sam Evans um, was an alcoholic. And he uh, 
possibly doesn't remember certain things. And I'm, of course, I'm going to use this in Cursed Dwellings because my whole angle of creating Cursed Dwellings is to talk about Victoria's parentage. And that doesn't like, that doesn't give away too much because there's all that strange paradise stuff in there that I'm going to put that people, people are just going to hopefully enjoy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, all this said, as we mentioned earlier, you know, the things in the Art Wallace, while some things made it into the show, some things didn't, um, you know, the Roger dying or Laura Collins being from Phoenix, not being a Phoenix, you know, these, these things, there were things and Vicky going on trial for the murder of Laura and all this kind of stuff did not make it into the show. Although some things did, some things didn't. Right. And some uh, things were um, tweaked a little bit. Yeah. I, I give you credit for being bold enough to kind of stick with with this, Paul, because that's definitely not the prevailing fandom theory that everybody wants her to be Liz's daughter. And I mean, the even Joan Bennett, you probably saw the video. Yeah. And I believe this was a fan that that just it was Guy, Guy Haynes. Yeah. He, he filmed Joan Bennett. Say I think, that. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think Joan Bennett probably believed that there's also uh, I, I read in like the Almanac or something that said that Alexandra felt that she yeah. was cast because she looked a little bit like Joan. It was Bennett. this the the Dark Shadows companion. Uh -huh. the, Alman, and the companion, right? I brought yeah, I, and Dark Shadows the first year as well. I have that. Yeah, they um, which is a, a republished version of the history of Dark Shadows, which was put out at the festival. But um, this and this, according to these, um, Alexandra when she came in, she was cast because of her resemblance to Joan Bennett, and the mm -hmm. writers then changed gears. And decided, well, we're gonna. She's gonna be Liz's daughter instead. But they never got to that. And there were ideas bandied about, like Hanscombe, the butler, Betty Hanscombe's mm -hmm. dad was gonna be the father. That was one. Th and then at one point, they were even considered Jason McGuire as the yeah. father. Yeah. You know, they were they were bandying around ideas. They never ultimately, as we know, they never did. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really up for debate at this point. You know, we have the return to Collinwood, which says. But she's Liz's daughter. There was another audio drama that that went there. But again, I don't consider the audio dramas canon. Um, I, like I to, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Too. Go for it. Go, go I ahead. like to believe that the audio dramas produced by Big Frenish and also Return to Collinwood are basically like alternative universes, parallel time. Agreed. Yeah. And and when you think of it that way, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Yes. I mean, because I mean, the whole let's let's make. Let's make a version where Victoria is definitely Liz's daughter and we pass around a letter and we all read it and it's very, I, I don't, I just, I, I couldn't get into that either, but mm. yeah. I don't know. I, I think of it as a parallel time yes. as well. Um, I mean, my personal opinion, I, I I like the idea of her being Liz's daughter. And I know what you mean about it's not too classy for Liz. But my my thought is, is like, this is this old New England family. Liz is, they're always, Liz always concerned about the Collins name. Uh, you know, when David tried to murder his own father with the bleeder right. valve, she had, you know, the sheriff kind of keep quiet about it. So I could see if she had a baby out of wedlock, with Hanscom, or maybe even before she married Paul Stoddard and had Carolyn, maybe you know, I don't a little a little before. I don't know. It would be hard for Liz to hide a pregnancy though. She she'd have to like leave 
Collinsport for a time right. to make that happen. There are, there are some hoops you have to jump through to make it work. I think it could work. Now, there's a third theory that is not mentioned very often. And I think it was Joe, I want to say it was Joe Escobar when I had him on this podcast, came up, had another interesting theory. And I'm sorry if it wasn't Joe, but I think it was that Vicky is actually not Liz's daughter, not Paul Stoddard's daughter, but she is actually Jameson's daughter and that she is Liz's sister, not her. And that Jameson had her later in life out of wedlock. He had like as an older man, he had a child um, and that Vicky is uh, that I mean, I'm just putting that out there too, because that's an interesting, uh, that's a, one that I haven't heard very often, it's, but I'm like, whoa, that's compelling. That mention, it's funny that you should mention that because I used to run a Dark Shadows group uh, where we would role play as the characters mm -hmm. and someone else was going to role play that idea, which oh. I agreed to because I was, I was playing Victoria at the time. Uh -huh. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting, an, an interesting idea that I could get behind specifically just for this rpg yeah um but uh it's compelling it's it gonna come it's 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 interesting it's different and of course i also read another um theory tied into the marilyn ross books mm -hmm. of an article I, I think is craig i for the life of me i can't remember his last name but he had permission to write up an article discussing oh, craig hamrick yes Yes. Uh, you probably know where I'm going with this. He uh, he had written up an article that he had permission to do so by uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Ross, Dan Ross. And uh, he had this whole storyline where Barnabas was actually going to turn out to be Victoria's father. Wow. I know. Wild. That's, <laughs> talk about your leap there. Yeah. You know? That's really wild. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I before um, before we really segue into anything else. I wanted to bring up this point, not that it, it still kind of ties into Victoria as a character. You know, after Alexandra left, she was recast twice, once by uh, Betsy Durkin and uh, Carolyn Groves. Um, and then, of course, they wrote her, they wrote Victoria out of the story with the whole Jeb killing her on Widow's yeah. Hill. And yeah, I never cared for that. I thought that that was really in bad form of dan curtis to just kill her off like that but and I'm, I'm sitting there going instead of bringing on kate jackson as daphne harridge as a oh my goodness, god yes yeah. why couldn't they have just given her the role and victoria it would have worked out so well agreed brought back alexandra mulkey in parallel time when they had parallel time going on and let her be the bad guy yeah. victoria as a bad guy she wanted to play the the villain and I think that that would have been really interesting to to do. Agreed. But they never yeah. went there. No, um, there's a fanfic. Uh, Charles Delaware Pearl wrote this like additional year of Dark Shadows. He wrote like episode synopses for an total fanfic. But his he had that same idea that it's a parallel time, 1870 or something. And Alexandra plays a, a succubus in his version of she's a villain in, in that timeline. But I always thought that as well with regard to Kate Jackson. Like if they had done a present day timeline they could have recast vicky with kate jackson and i think she she was a really good actress or she is a really good actress and i think she would have been she she bore some resemblance to alexander she had that long dark hair she yes. had that kind of 
whole vibe to her. So I think she would have been a very good Vicky. And uh, I do want to give props to Betsy Durkin and Carolyn Groves, mm-hmm. who especially Betsy gets uh, uh, some some hate from the fandom, but um, she did a great, I thought she did a really good job as Vicky. I mean, I love Alexandra. Alexandra Mulkey is Victoria Winters to me. Like the, that, that is Victoria Winters, but I think Betsy and Carolyn uh, Grove uh, did, did a nice job. Uh, and Betsy actually did show some, like I said, they became victims, the humans became victims, but Vicky actually even later on continued to show um you know moxie she was she was the hero you know she was a, she was a heroic character a pure good person you know and betsy you know she went face to face with nicholas and accused him of being a, a warlock she she right i mean that's that takes a lot of guts to you know to, to do that and i love uh her relationship with i i liked her and burke but i also loved her and peter too peter was very sweet i like peter jeff was kind of kind of when he was jeff clark he was a he kind was of creepy he was messed up jeff clark was kind of messed up so <laughs> the, the, the so sweetness good. of peter got kind of trampled yeah. a little bit there uh i liked burke too um the mitch ryan's burke devlin i thought mm. he had good chemistry with alexandra and i i thought they were setting up this whole storyline with the with the two of them with um them moving into this house and then they kind of drop that um what are your if i know mark b perry is talking about you know uh this reincarnation show he's gonna have there's a there's definitely seems to be a victoria winters element to this show and you mentioned the jeb hawks mm-hmm. vicky jumping off widow's hill and when i interviewed mark uh, I brought that up i said are you going to address the fact that you know she died in the show i mean that's it is mm-hmm. mentioned in the show. And they he said, well, he said, did you see the body? I was like, good point. You don't, didn't see the body, you know? So, and he ref- dropped this hint that Victoria is a temporal, a temporal vagabond. So I like this idea that Vicky is getting kind of gets whisked around in time uh, mm. because she seemed to keep getting sucked back to the 18th century and then back to the present and back to the 18th century again. So maybe Vicky is sort of can't, stay in one time for very long i don't know it's there's some interesting stuff to to consider there because i i hate to think that that's how vicky went out ultimately was <laughs> that was off-screen death of victoria winters when i first saw that it was so it was i was stunned i was like wow this is how vicky's dead like you know she didn't get that happy ending after all apparently it was such a, it was such a throwaway yeah i mean I can't remember now what they were going to do instead, but then for some reason they had to bring back in Peter Bradford to reveal mm-hmm. all this stuff. And it just, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what, um, what Mark is going to do with, with it. I, I think I read that he was going to have Victoria have a daughter and that kind of confused yeah. me. Cause I'm like, again, how, how is that going to happen if she's dead? So, right. you know, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Well, if, if, if we go with the idea that she somehow survived, like when she went, I think, I think he also mentioned when they were going to hang her in 1795, she disappeared and swapped places with Phyllis, Phyllis Wick, Wick and came yeah. back to the, so maybe something similar, although there's no Phyllis Wick now to swap places with, but maybe oh, right. she, yeah. maybe she disappeared somehow she can't die if she's out, outside of her own time. I don't know. Um, but I, I like the idea that Vicky, that that wasn't the end of Victoria Winters. Mm-hmm. And the reason, I guess one of the reasons too, I think a lot of fans, myself included, like the idea of Vicky somehow being related directly to Liz is that 
she'd be a Collins, you know, and that, and there's this whole idea in, you know, the whole trope in Gothic literature of, of the hidden, hidden lineage, you know, that she's connected to this core family, you know, here of this cursed family, but she's some, she is directly connected to it. And I think that's part of it too, because otherwise she's Paul Stardard's daughter, but she's not Liz's daughter. So she, she had, would have that blood connection to the Collins family. Um, but that said, there was certainly a strong argument to be made that she's Paul Stoddard's daughter because, I mean, that's what Art Wallace intended yeah, to begin with. Intended, so. and so, you know, I mean, sure. who knows? And I mean, you raise an interesting point about family connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that aspect is why I like the 1991 version mm -hmm. of Joanna going as Victoria. She was really good. She's basically yeah. the reincarnation of Josette Dupre. And Josette did marry a Collins, so she's still kind of connected in that yeah. way to the Collins family. True. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. That uh, Joanna Going was very was very good. He said, "Well, let's streamline this and do uh, have Vicky be the core character. Keep bringing Vicky back into it." And I, I'm not sure if I like the merging of Vicky and Maggie, as we see have seen in the 2012 movie. We had mm -hmm. Vicky and Maggie were one and the same. And then when I just talked about the John August script, they were going to do the same thing. I like them being distinct characters. Uh, I mean, they, they did make them distinct in the 1991 yes. series. And Maggie yeah. had her own little thing and she was doing tarot and yes, uh, yep. had a relationship with Roger. Combs, with Roger, that was not a fan mirror. of that idea, but that was yeah that that I, I wasn't buying in, into that at all but uh I did like um that they both existed uh in the in that series um closing thoughts here from you on uh, on just on the character of Victoria and on what that character means to you I think I just I I watching it as a kid I felt like she was just a really strong character and I could easily put myself in the place of that character. Yeah. Um, I liked the fact that she was a teacher. At one point I wanted to be a teacher so I could kind of relate to her and, you know, connect with her in that way. And I always thought it'd be cool to live in a big mansion. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. who doesn't want to live in a big mansion? <laughs> um, but yeah, Victoria is just, uh, she was inquisitive plucky and just just a really interesting character i mean she's the the audience's eyes and ears into this into this weird family that you get yeah. to know and i just you know i just really connected with that and it it just it grew on me and then you know when they when they took it away and just changed her you know kind of put her on the in the on the back burner, I guess, all of her plots on the back burner. It's just disappointing. It's crazy how that happened, too. I mean, watch the show. And every episode of My Name is Victoria Winters, she had mm -hmm. these diary entries. Like you said, you're looking through her eyes into this strange world. But as it becomes more and more supernatural and bizarre as we go on and, um, you know, they link Vicky with Josette. Josette's protecting Vicky, the ghost of Josette. I mean, she's certainly tied in with all of this. Bar and then Barnabas wants to make her Josette, but he gives up on Maggie. And she certainly figures prominently into things even after Barnabas comes on, but becomes less of a central focus as we shift over to Barnabas. And it's, I mean, this is just how the show organically developed. But mm -hmm. in new versions of it, I think, you know, 
it's important to have, I think, a Vicky component and right. every version of it since then has had that, the 2004 pilot too. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to mention the 2004 pilot with the yeah. Marley Bella Shelton. Is, it was Mar I yeah, thought Mar she was an admirable Vicky. Marley Shelton, um, yeah. I was, I was not a huge fan of everything that they did there because mm -hmm. I felt like they tried to cram too much in. Yeah. But I thought she was, she interacted with um, Alec Newman very well as, as Barnabas. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the dynamic that she had with David. Yeah. She wasn't just um, shrieking and freaking out like um, Alexandra Vicky did, but she's mm -hmm. just like, you know, I'm not going away, and this is this is how it is. And yeah. you know, because yeah. the the aspect of Vic, Vicky as a as a tutor, we don't get to see that very much, even in the original show. And then at one point, it just kind of drops out and roger even says aren't you supposed to be teaching my son <laughs> <laughs> it's like no i'm too busy uh trying to figure out gothic romance stuff now and there's this <laughs> vampire that now i'm uncomfortable around him and i don't know anymore i just like they just drop the i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand yeah what about um uh lara parker also wrote a book about vicky heiress of collinwood are you familiar with that I've heard of it, but I've never yeah. read it. Yeah, I have it. I haven't haven't gotten around to it yet. But it is about Victoria Winters. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Rachel. Um, can you tell us one more time how fans can find your content? Yes, and uh, again, thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. <laughs> they can go to uh, my YouTube channel, Soul Twin Audios. That's S O L E. They can go to anchor.net, uh, sorry, anchor.fm slash soul twin audios. Uh, and that those are the two main places where I post my episodes. And be sure to, to subscribe uh, to, to Rachel's channel and um, and yeah, the great uh, definitely check out uh, Dark Paradise where you can hear more about Dark Shadows and um, and about Strange Paradise as well. Thank you again, Rachel, and um, I will see you next time. And for as long as they lived, the dark shadows never truly vanished, for there will always be Terror at Collinwood. Terror at Collinwood is a Penny Dreadful production.